Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Hey, big mouth. F*** you. You can't talk to Adam Gillespie that way. Only I can talk to Adam Gillespie that way. Uh-huh. 11 o'clock, Domino Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM on a Wednesday morning into the afternoon. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. Remember, you can listen all the time, including to anything you may have missed. It's up there. Sounds expensive. The fan app. Well, it sounds expensive, Matt, but the reality is it's not. It's free, in fact, courtesy of Beaver Toyota of Coming and Beaver Direct, the quickest and easiest way to shop for a car online. You can also follow along at 680thefan.com. You can also... Follow along at the X platform, and that is uh, brought to you by Harris Cherokee Casino and Resort. Follow us at Road Dog 680. That is Adam Gillespie at Matt Lear at Chris Domino at Cellini Nick at 680 The Fan. And uh, you can peruse Facebook and Instagram as well. The X platform question of the day, which is getting surprisingly a lot of negative reaction, like angry, it seems, reaction. Have you ever stormed a court or a field? Because last night, it was a delayed, I don't even know if you want to call it a stormy, after Georgia Tech pulled off the upset mm-hmm. against North Carolina. Maybe it was because of the way the game ended. I think everybody, including huh? what, huh? <laughs> including Reese Davis and Jay Williams, who were on the call for ESPN, everybody thought maybe there was going to be a foul yeah. called there at the end. But nothing was called, nope. and the game was over. Yeah. And eventually, they meandered the Tech fans onto the court. Yeah, I didn't, I, I wouldn't, they ended up. It was not a storming. If you did the visual, oh, look, there's a lot of people. That must be a storm. It really wasn't. It was certainly delayed, and I'm, I'm not sure he – I don't want to get into it. Who understood what happened? Like, it was just three people said, do you guys understand what this is? Oh, okay, I'll go with you. And it felt sort of like I'll go with you. It doesn't matter. The basketball game itself, I can't figure out how they won this basketball game. And I – I make notes to myself, and I sent one or two texts out last night. You did, yes. Yeah. I'm watching this game going, okay, here's what I'll say. North Carolina came in overlooking Georgia Tech. There's a point in every basketball game, basketball more than any other game, where you can shake that off. Now you're playing a basketball game against a team that has been terrible lately, and all of a sudden they're bowed up to you. They are bowed up to you. And the crowd's not going to go crazy because I don't think even a lot of people in the building think you were going to win the game. Tech fans. Well, there were also, from what I understand, a lot of North Carolina fans Should there be. last night, too. Should be. With them being on the roll that they were on. And proximity and everything else. Who doesn't want to go see their team if they get an opportunity to see them? Shame on North Carolina if that was pervasive till the buzzer sounded. I honestly believe North Carolina came in thinking they were going to roll this team. At any given moment, you're playing as close. We'll burst out. We'll be up 12, and then we'll win the game handily. I don't think there's any doubt. Okay. But then That's how they were thinking. Shame on them and congratulations to Georgia Tech, who realized, wait, let's let's fight this one right there in the middle of the ring. It was amazing because I thought watching that game, you know, late in the first half, that Carolina was going to pull away. Because at one point they led by, what, 11? Then all of a sudden, Tech closes the first half on, what, a 12-1 run? And you're tied at halftime and you're thinking, hmm, well, this is interesting. Yeah, but I didn't think it was. Because I thought North Carolina was going to get up 11 again pretty quickly, first five minutes. Hubert Davis, man, that guy's intense. He is intense. And his team had been on a, you know, number three in the country type role. I'm surprised at halftime, because of the way the half ended, that Carolina didn't come out and really kick the crap out of them. Georgia Tech wasn't in the mood to get the crap kicked out of them last night. Good for them. And we'll talk to Damon Stoudemire, the head coach at Tech, in about 15 minutes from now about the victory. Nate George had that go-ahead left-handed layup high off the glass to give Tech that one-point lead, and that would be the final score, 74-73. to Here is the freshman point guard talking about the shot that he made, and Nate George, a guy that clearly has ice water in his veins, no doubt about that, as Tech gets a much-needed victory. 7.7 seconds left before we hear from Nate. Then they get the ball back, and you're thinking to yourself, R.J. Davis draws contact, 
and that's where everybody kind of stopped. You thought the foul was going to be called. I think everybody in the stands, like I said, Reese Davis, Jay Williams, everybody thought that a foul was going to be called. Everybody waited like, I don't know, five seconds, and then they figured out, no, Can I? no, they're not going to call anything. The you game's know, over. I thought at one point, all three reps, it was like that Spider-Man thing. They're all pointing at each other. I thought he was going to call it. I thought he was going to. Well, they had right. a review about Let's a minute before that. I don't know why that review took so long. So that's why I was thinking, hmm, maybe something is going to happen that a lot of people think is going to happen, as in a North Carolina player is going to be at the free throw line, but it didn't turn out that way. I think all three guys thought maybe the other guy was going to blow a whistle. And then at a certain point, I got to be honest with you, if, if I didn't call it and you didn't call it and he didn't call it, it's over. We're not going to go back and have this discussion where was it a foul. Foul calls are, they happen, blow the whistle. Then at one point, they cut to the stands, and it looked like one of those, like you were walking into an office building. No, you go first. Mm-hmm. We're walking onto an elevator. No, you go, and I'll go after you. And we'll make our way down the aisle onto the court. Are we allowed to do this? Are they stopping us? Maybe they're not. Huh? Oh, okay. But eventually the fans it. made it onto the court, and here is Nate George talking about the game-winning shot. I seen that uh, Baycott had opened up to give me the left kind of, and I know that he's slower on his feet. So I took the drive to my left and went to my floater, my left floater, and that's that's my shot that I work on. So just taking him on the island, at least getting a shot. So even if I had missed it, my teammates would get a putback or a rebound for a second shot. And we're talking about tech basketball. So good for them. And we're going to talk to their head coach. Now, I don't know what you do as you try to build on this over the weekend. Take this town goal tonight! But I do know this. Tech claimed its third home win over a top 25 team. Makes no sense. Mississippi State, Duke, and now North Carolina. They were atrocious the other day. Atrocious. Against Virginia Tech. What did they lose? Eight of nine? That's hard to do. They had lost three in a row and eight of nine. Yes. And North Carolina plays Duke this weekend. North Carolina's looking ahead. Georgia Tech is bad. We'll figure out what just happened. I'll tell you what happened. You were on national TV and you got beat. And Georgia Tech had a really good night last night. I'm not taking anything away from what Tech did. I believed in the first half North Carolina was playing the, we'll take care of this. And then either their coach, assistant coaches, players, they didn't do enough to ensure that that didn't happen last night. Uh, No, and you think about history that Stoudemire made with that victory. He's the first first first-year coach to beat both both North Carolina and Duke in his first year. Sidney Lowe and I think Kevin Keats. Hmm. Both from NC State were able to do that in their first season with the Wolfpack. And ironically, I don't know if it's ironic or not, but I can tell you that Tech is at NC State at 530 here on the fan. Mm, ironic seems a little bit Maybe strong. it's not. I ironic. think it was a stretch. Yeah. I think it was a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. Poetic license I took. But that's know. cool. Look, Damon Stoudemire's got to try to figure out how do I bottle what these guys were able to do, not just in the win. Look, they, t- they have tasted victory. Tasted it. You beat a team on national TV that was the third best team in the country. What do we do? And what do we do with it? What do we do from here? And let me clarify, because he was the first um, ACC head coach in the last 30 seasons at Tech to do it third overall. So it's been done, okay. but you have to go back 30-plus years, according to ESPN Stats and Info. Again, Sidney Lowe that's and Kevin Keats were the that's, other. That's a little bit busy. I know. That whole thing is a little bit busy. It's crazy, though. If you just talk about the three top 25, two top 10 wins this season that Tech has. I did not home. think with 15 minutes left, Ten minutes left, five minutes left, the Tech was going to win that game. I'm going to be very honest. I did not think they were going to win that basketball game. So what, in, a, in a what do you do after that type of moment? You know, you want to talk about trajectory? I don't know. How do you go one and eight and beat that team? I'm not sure Damon Stoudemire knows. And we'll talk to him. Like I said, perhaps you can ask him that in about 12 minutes from now. Congratulations as well. While we're on the topic of college basketball, to your buddy Tom Izzo joins the 700-win club, beating Michigan last night. 27th college basketball coach ever to win 700 games. First ever to do so with one school in the Big Ten. That's not very busy, right? I mean, that's yeah, pretty no, much no, laid that's, out there. Yeah, that's, that's... I understand historical in nature. Here it is pretty simply. First ever in the Big Ten, one school, 700 wins. Put a bow on it. I get that one. It was the other a, one seemed a little bit much. It was a nice night to slay dragons, basketball-wise, in the city of Atlanta. Because right down the road, as you had Tech beating North Carolina, uh-huh. you had the Hawks beating King James yeah. and the oh, Lakers. Oh, they pulled their starters with 321 left in this game. Yeah. Did the Lakers. That's how much of a blowout it was. So the Lakers are they're a dragon still? I, I don't see it that well, way. Well, they're below 500. But, you know, LeBron James is here. So yeah, no, no, LeBron star, James is here, it's a big name. Star power walking in the building, and lo and behold, Anthony Davis isn't playing. And LeBron is, he's defying logic. With his, did he just make his 20th All-Star team? 
I think he just made his 20th All-Star. Well, he played 36 minutes. That's freaky. Last night, and the Hawks fans were chanting, you're you're too old. Yeah, that's funny. And at one point, they were telling D'Angelo Russell, because of the rumored, you know, DeJounte Murray deal, we don't want you. Yeah. So they were very, uh, they were feeling themselves, the Hawks fans, last night. It was big to get this one. Yeah, State Farm Arena. Good, and LeBron didn't really want to talk about anything when he was done. Didn't want to talk about anything. Well, Tim Legler was talking about a lot of things, including Jonte Murray, who had a good night last night, possibly going to the Lakers. Well, here's where I'm torn a little bit. Okay, I think he's an overall, an all-around better player than D'Angelo Russell, and that's who they would be end up giving up in this trade. And and so I like the jolt it would give the Lakers. I also like the fact that Dejounte Murray can really get after it on the perimeter defensively. Where I wonder if he's a good fit though is offensively. Is D'Angelo Russell more comfortable at spotting up off the ball and waiting on shots than Dejounte Murray is? That's the only area right, I think that that's I would question. It, but overall, is, I think you have to do this okay, if you're the Lakers and you up! can get. For what you have to get. February Listen, the hold 8th. on, hold on. New rule. I'm not even kidding about this. When we tell you to stop, just stop. He's doing that to bust our agates. I know. That's just stop, doing. though. Just stop. Like, the, I know how the buttons work. Pull it down. You understand he's like Hoyt. Once you tell him that, he senses a weakness. There's no, blood in the water. I just, I didn't know. I, I never know when you're joking about that stuff. <laughs> never not- know when we're joking about it. Pull it down means pull it down. <laughs> DeJounte Tim Murray. Legler, I don't I don't I didn't care about nine words in. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young last night combined for fifty points and twenty two assists. And like we said, February the eighth is the trade deadline. I'm gonna ask you something that's gonna further draw the ire Go ahead. of Chris Domino. Go ahead. So they were healthy again last night. DeAndre uh, Hunter is back. Yeah, yeah. Keep it all. Do you keep keep it all. Let's everything run it. Yeah, together keep, keep running. and try yeah. to make a run. Sure, here. sure. Because sure. that's that was the message last night. Yeah, and that was the message on social media. They're healthy now. You see what they can do uh-huh. when everybody yeah. is together. Fine. Now the Lakers, like you said, they're twenty four and twenty five. Who'd you beat? And Anthony Davis didn't play. Who'd you beat? You beat a team that's not good either. I don't care about that. You want to run it. You don't want to trade Dejounte Murray. You want to wait till the off season. You know, I'm at the point where I don't care. Do I think this team on a given night, whoa, yeah, they've got that in them. When you got a backcourt that I honestly can go for 50 and 25, 50 and 25, you can get 50 and 20 out of this backcourt. Sure, could you beat anybody? Yeah. You want to keep them? That's fine. It, maybe he unscrubs his social media. Maybe DeJounte actually puts the Hawks back on his social media. What if they right. run the gauntlet here and keep they knock off the Suns on Friday? They go beat add. the Warriors. Go add. Trade and get a piece. I'm trying trying to have a serious conversation. I I am as well. Trade and get a piece then. I'm not even lying about that. If you're going to keep this, get a piece. Because leading into February the 8th, like I said, you've got the Suns Friday. You've got the Warriors back-to-back home games on Saturday. Well, they're not good either. Then you've got the Clippers on Monday. They're kind of no good, the Warriors. Are we going to hear from LeBron? I'm going to tell you why I bang on him. I was even going to save it. I'm not even going to save it. Go ahead. I'm going to hear from LeBron. This is what he had to say Uh, after the game last night, the message to his team. We could, on any given night, beat any team in the NBA. And then on any given night, we get our kicked by any team in the NBA. What's our record? Under 500? Yeah, what, 24-25? That's where we are. And they're 7-17 and away, are the Lakers. You know, here's why I bang on him. You know what he put on the social media? He put King James, because that's his social media handle. He put an hourglass. He put an emoji. Like, time is running out. Yeah, the and trade every- deadline's coming up. we got to make a move. we got to blank or get off okay. the pot. Okay. I understand what he's doing. Right. You're a 40-year-old man putting a, an hourglass emoji in your social media so you could actually get attention again. If you got something to say, say it. Don't do it with an emoji. Time's running out. So you don't like emojis like when I post emojis or anybody posts emojis, let alone, is it 40? Is that the cutoff point I, or 30? It, I don't care. I don't have any message for if my you're 27, teammates. can you post an emoji? I don't have a message for Certainly my teammates. Certainly not if you're 40. I don't have a message for my teammates. He goes to social media and he says nothing. He just puts an hourglass up. You don't think that's weird for a grown man? Well, that's who LeBron is. Nothing should surprise you when it comes to LeBron doing but things on social media. That's why he's bangable. Just go out and do your job. Careful how you say that. In the meantime, let's hit the bongos, shall we? Because bongos mean headlines. And headlines are brought to you by Daco Systems Heating and Air. For your HVAC repair, contact locally owned Daco Systems at DAYCOSystems.com. Keeping Atlanta comfortable one home at a time. Rory McElroy proves that every man has a price, apparently. That's coming up 
At 11.50, new Braves left fielder Jared Kelnick spoke with Chris Domino at Braves Fest this weekend. We will hear that conversation just afternoon. And another day, another landmark for the NFL. Those numbers come your way at 12.20. Like we said, after last night's huge upset, Damon Stoudemire talks about what lies ahead. He joins us next. The Tech basketball coach here on your home for Tech football and basketball. It's Domino and Cellini on the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Up to Bacon, hands off Davis down the left side, takes a bump, banks it up, no good, tapped off the glass, doesn't fall, Jackets win, Jackets win, Jackets win, paint this town gold tonight. And white, 11-19, Domino Cellini, for the colors for Georgia Tech, your home at Georgia Tech Athletics, that was... The call last night right here on The Fan as Tech upsets North Carolina. And everybody goes bonkers eventually as they kind of walk onto the court. Damon Stoudemire, head basketball coach at Georgia Tech, will join us in less than one minute from now. Could this dog be a first-round pick when all is said and done? He's impressing everybody seemingly thus far at the Senior Bowl. We'll go on campus in just a few minutes. Before we talk to Damon Stoudemire, I wanted to talk real quick um, about Alabama and a fun Super Bowl fact that maybe you can bring up around the Keurig this morning. And once again, it'll make you the talk of the office. As great as Alabama has been, yes, a Crimson Tide player uh-huh. has never scored a point mm. in the Super Bowl. Now, you've had quarterbacks sure. and players win Super Bowls, but mm-hmm. no one's ever scored right. a point themselves in the Super Bowl. So Bart Starr never crossed the goal line with a football in his hand. He threw touchdown passes, right. but he never scored. Ken no, Stabler. Ken Stabler. Yeah. Running backs. That's that's kind of interesting. You think they promote that when they're, uh, you know, we're really good. We get a lot of guys to the NFL. Super Bowl thing we're not so good at. I think they probably leave that out of the mix. Yeah. But it's pretty interesting that yeah. you talk about one of the greatest college football programs of all time. No one's ever scored. And now 57 going on 58 Super Bowls. And that trend will go to 58 because no Alabama players will be participating in the Super Bowl. There's no lineman? There's no no fatty that could actually just fall on a ball in the end zone? Which, again, is crazy. There's no Alabama players on either one of these teams. Jalen Milrow had his own football camp for kids. And he talked about Nick Saban, who was out there golfing with 50 Cent and Travis Scott Mm -hmm. at uh, Reggie Jackson's charity golf tournament on Monday. Did you see their number, by the way? It did well, didn't they? Travis Scott's number. 54. They they threw a card in at a celebrity golf event of a 54. Uh, eraser at the back of that pencil? I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know Travis Scott was that good uh, of a he, golfer. He, he just said he was a little bit more for, along for the ride. Was it a scramble, they one of Brooke, those deals? They had Brooks Kepka okay, on that well, team. It's a scramble, right? It's best ball? Yeah. yeah. 54. I played in a couple of those, and my thing was, if I could just make one or two shots, mm-hmm. that's it. I did my part. Right. If you, if you roll in a 12-foot putt, you roll in a 12-foot putt, which everybody is capable of doing right. at some point in their life. Do you do it that day? They're asking you to do something. That That's it. Uh, Jalen Milrow, like I said, was in golf and had his football camp for kids. He said, I do miss Coach Saban. But aside from the fact that he's a big reason I came to Alabama, we have to realize that Nick Saban is 28 years away from being 100 years old. Mm. So we've got to let him retire. That's an interesting way to look at it. Sure is. It sure is. That, it's an upbeat because he's sort of saying he's going to get to 100. I guess that's good news. Makes you wonder. Nick Saban could roll back the clock on his age right now by enjoying the hell out of himself and just enjoying retirement. You can get a little, look, you can get old in retirement. You can get younger in retirement. I believe that Nick Saban really is on a course to get younger in retirement. Like we said, big win here on the fan last night. You heard it for Georgia Tech knocking off North Carolina. Their head coach, Damon Stoudemire, kind enough to join us this morning on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Coach, congratulations on the win last night. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. 
Now, I know that it's been, you know, losing eight of nine, three in a row. It's been frustrating for you, and you voiced your frustrations a lot at the podium, but this is why, right? You know when this team has it going, what they can do. You've seen it three times, beating three top 25 teams. Yeah, I see it. You know, I, I see the potential. Uh, I think we just, you know, a lot of times we have to go out there and we got to, we got to not be scared to fail. Just go all in if that makes sense. You know what I mean? For, you know, we, we're, all, we're, in, we're in most games. Um, we have opportunities to win. And it comes down to either sometimes getting one stop or one score or, you know, whatever that looks like, you know. And, and we, we just, for me, we just got to do a better job of understanding that. And I think that sometimes when we get to, the, you know, the Carolinas, the Dukes, the Clemsons, the, the teams that, you know, a lot of people talk about, uh, it's easier because they're some the guys on their teams are household names, if that makes sense. You know, they you know those guys, you know what they do, you know who they are, and we just got to be better. You know, we just got to be better. I, I don't think we're far off. I still believe in it. I still believe in this squad, and I think that games like last night is exactly what I'm talking about because I, I I know when we dig a little bit deeper, we we got some there, and then we did it without you know arguably our best player. So what do you? What do you think is – I love the fact that these guys have tasted these types of wins. It's There's no yeah. bad in that. But how do you push it to today's practice? How do you push it to the next game? What what? How do you keep it in the building after a win like that? You know, I think a lot of it comes with, with them as well. And I think they've – you know, they've tried to – they're trying to come together to, to not not – rectify things but just all everybody always been on the same page last night for me it was the cohesion it was the connectivity and it wasn't just on the floor it was in the huddle you know they they there was a lot of talking to each other there wasn't a lot of talking over each other it was talking to that person um and i just and i just you know for me i just think that that is you know when you become a team you know um after we lost to virginia tech you know, I, I don't I don't really ask them about, you know, what they do, but I heard it, you know, some 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 things that, you know, they talked as a squad and things of that nature. That's when that's when the that's when it becomes real. You know, because it's not always about the coach. You know what I mean? And so I think that that that, that they wanted to get on the same page. And I I just see some of those things last night. I I was excited even within the game because you could see what they were doing. I, I seen it. I seen them come together. So, Coach, I was in the building for a couple of early games this year. And observation, it looked to me like you were observing them. You wanted to find out more about this team. You can talk to guys. You can run them in practice. But I thought the first few games that I saw at home, not disinterest because that would be dumb. I think what it looked like you were trying to figure out who are these guys. And instead of me judging who they are before I see them play, I want to watch them play. Is that anything close to fair? 100% right. <laughs> you know, so what happens is when you come into a situation, right, is it, no different than, than anywhere. You know, everybody trying to tell you what this what this what this guy is or isn't, what their strengths and what their weaknesses are. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, like we always talk about giving clean slates, but okay, let's really give a clean slate. Let's let this guy show me who he is as a player or who he isn't as a player, right? And so that's exactly what I did because sometimes you don't know what you have. You don't know what you have until the game starts. You can be good at 10 in the morning when we practice, but you might not be as good at 7. I've seen that 100 times as well. But I think that, like, over the course of the season, you've seen guys emerge for our team, and you kind of can watch our team now, and you kind of can see situations. And what I do like about our team is the versatility. And I think um, as the seasons went on, I think you've seen that, a little bit more, you know, being able to change defenses, like even last night against Carolina, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of fouls to give up front, so we had to go some zone. We had to do some different things. And, you know, these guys are are, are adaptable, and, and we can change a lot on the run, that, and that really fits our, that really fits our, our uh, you know, our, our team. And, you know, uh, it's just a lot of different things that we've, that, that we've been able to do. And I've been able to see, and I'm kind of getting engaged and still learning, but getting a gauge of, of exactly who we are as a team and who each player is individually.
Damon Stoudemire, Tech's head coach, with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. I want to go back to what you said earlier. You lose in Dongo less than five minutes into this game, and to be able to beat North Carolina without him, I think that that goes back to what you said about what this team is capable of doing when they drill down and mentally they are there as well as physically. Yeah, no question. You know, uh, losing by early, um, it's crazy as it sounds. Us losing him so early, it gave us a chance to adjust. You know what I mean? And so what happened is, and I think you've seen the guards, you know, uh, step up, play really well. Um, I think that, you know, Ty Claude and, and and Big E came in, and I thought they did a great job. And then Tafari was able to, to, to give us a lot last night. Um, gave us eight big rebounds. He had three big block shots, you know. And, you know, uh, Kyle, Kyle, you know, can't say enough about him coming in off the bench. You know, he gave us a big boost. So I think everybody that, that, that played, you know, contributed to the victory, and that's what made it so special. Hey, Coach, why did you guys close it out the way you did in the first half? And I'm assuming going into the locker room at that point, with the way you closed it out, they're walking a little bit taller. Why didn't that game go completely sideways, in your opinion, last night? I think it was on them. I think it was on our guys. I think that, you know, we had a chance to go sideways now. You know, we could have folded. We went down 11. You know, it wasn't looking too good. But each and every time out, like I was trying to tell the guys, we just got to find our rhythm. We got to slow down. I felt like we were taking fast shots, quick shots, you know, early in the first half. And uh, it was it was getting out and it was leading them into, into breaks and, and different things. And, you know, I thought that I thought that we just didn't do a good job of that. We were turning them over. They uncharacteristically turned the ball over, but we weren't capitalizing. Then we found a rhythm and then we were able we, we were able we were able to keep it right there. And again, I thought, you know, offensively, I thought Miles and Kyle did a really good job, you know, with Bob being out of, of making shots. And, you know, we were able to withstand runs. And then again, you know, we were we were changing defenses, and our guys competed. You know, that's the, that's the biggest thing. That was the thing I took from Virginia Tech that I was disappointed about. Mm. We played hard, but I didn't think we competed. Last night we played hard and we competed. So can I – I'm going to be really honest with you. Coming out of the half, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, I didn't think you yeah. were going to win that game. I, I just did not think that – like I thought they would have, oh, we're the third team in the country. You know, we got to snap out of it or do whatever it is. And I, I just give credit because – if they had those moments where they wanted to snap out of it, you guys had an answer to everything. But I, but I'm going to be. I didn't think you were winning that basketball game last night. There was probably a lot of people that didn't. <laughs> How about you? I think. Uh, you know what I what I say about every game that we played, I, and this is the truth. From the first game we played against Georgia Southern to the time we beat Duke, I just don't think our margin of error is that big for whoever we play. Mm-hmm. We're not good enough not to play well. Like, we're not good enough to take nobody for granted. So, I think our margin of error is the same every game. So, in my mind, I feel like if I can get it to the last four minutes of the game, we'll figure it out. But we got to get it to the last four minutes of the game. I I see basketball different. I see basketball, like, when the game is just starting, it's, it's, it's not even strategic yet because the game hasn't settled in. And so... The game don't get strategic until somebody got to make an adjustment. You know what I mean? Like, but you can't make an adjustment or the game doesn't get strategic until somebody enforces their will on the game. And then you got to make an adjustment. So when we went down 11, it was almost like, okay, I got to start mixing defenses up. I got to start doing different, you know what I mean? Like you got to start doing something to kind of change the game. And I think that helped us, but you know, like to your point, you know, and I get it. Uh, 15, 10 minutes to go, five minutes to go. I mean, I've been there before. I, I've been the third-ranked team. Hell, I've been the number one-ranked team in the country. And so I get it. You're looking for them to turn that button right. on, but some nights, man, you can't turn it on and off like that. So he, here's my thing. How important is basketball IQ for you? Because, again, going back to you observing games early in the season, you don't know what a guy's IQ is. You don't know what – does he want the ball in the last 30 seconds or not? Um, is he capable of being a guy to have the ball in the last 30 seconds or not? Do, do you get more frustrated about basketball IQ problems as opposed to physical mistakes? Like, what's your mindset about how you're supposed to coach them up? That's definitely the mindset. I don't, I, you know, it's funny. I don't even complain about shots. I don't complain about shots. That don't, that don't bother me. Not being able to make the read on offense bothers me. Not, not executing the defensive game plan and then 
at the end of the day, making a 50-50 judgment on a basketball IQ issue, that bothers me. So, so you, you, you know, sometimes you just... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you had to be happy yeah, last night Night then with uh, Nathan George, your point guard. At the end, here's a kid that struggled from the field. But going back to the original point that you made when we began the conversation, he was not afraid to fail in the end, hitting that big shot. Yeah, that don't surprise me now, no, because he been, he's done that. And, and all, you know, all of our, and our three wins against, you know, ACC opponents, he's, He's been he's been big in, in all of them down the stretch. You know, Nate is just Nate is just Nate. I mean, he's a guy that you know he's he's always looking for the moment. You know, he's always watching film. He's always thinking the game. He's always talking the game. You know, he he grew up around a lot of people that know the game. So, you know, he he just for me like it might have surprised a lot of people. You know, he's scared of the moment, but he, I mean, he wasn't scared of the moment, but he's never been scared of the moment. I tell you what, and this is, this is being honest, because I've seen a lot of basketball, forget that he wasn't scared of the moment, making that shot over a seven footer off the glass with English on left hand. It's, only, it's not, not too many people doing that. Most of the people doing that, they play at State Farm Arena. <laughs> so I want to, I had a coach tell me, there's no such thing as a 50-50 ball in my system. It's 80-20. We, we preach it's 80-20. It's not a 50-50 ball if it's lying on the ground. It's not a 50-50 proposition that you make the right decision. It's 80-20. And once, once I get players who understand that, once I instill that, and once I, you know, they buy into what it is I'm selling, I thought that was a great – it was one of the best conversations I've ever had with a coach as to what he believed day in and day out. You have to have a team believing no matter what the sport is. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe, I believe in that. Um, I think that, you know, I still say fifty-fifty because you could have a guy that maybe not as tough as the next guy. He's not gonna be eighty-twenty, but he look his, but he look his teammate and I. That make him eighty-twenty. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I believe, like for me, you know, fifty-fifty um, balls. Um, you know, just being able to look your teammate in the eye and your teammate being more scared of you than the coach. <laughs> because it ain't about the coach. I keep telling people that. To me, it's not about the coach. It's not about the coach. We can put people in a position, but you still got to make play. It's about being there for your for your, for your brother. You, I, I totally believe that. Do you get on the floor in practice? Like, how do you go with these guys a little bit? How hands-on are you in that department? Never, but I teach. I teach on the floor, never, 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 never full speed. Um, not trying to get hurt. Not trying to do nothing stupid. <laughs> not, I hear that. Junction, but, but I, but I do get on. But I do get on the floor and I do show. Them. You know, I watch. We watch a lot of film. I'm big on film. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I, I like pop quizzes. And as I always tell my guys when I ask them a question, it's not a trick question. Either you do or you don't. If you don't know, I'm gonna tell you. You know, but I just like to teach. I like to teach the game. I like to give guys the nuances of the game because basketball really is nothing but a read and react sports. You're of the age where there was positional basketball. We've talked about it on this show a lot. There's one, two, three, four, five. Mm -hmm. There's no more positions. When you watch basketball, it's a positionless game. But there is still this ability to be the guy in charge. We used to call him a point guard. I think think they're still called that. They're a one. What do you think about how the game is played and finding five guys? I don't care about their heights. I don't care what you call them. I don't care about any of this stuff. I've got to find five guys who can play. What do you think about the game's evolution in that department? Uh, man, I mean, I I think it's cool. I mean, I do. I mean, I'm, I'm like one of them guys where, you know, in the area that I played in, it used to be, and this, and when you break the game down for me, this is how I look at it. And I, I played in the era where they subbed you for, for when you didn't, when you couldn't be on the defense again. To me, they sub you now for not having an IQ and not being able to play, not being able to play without the ball. I take that any day of the week, man. You know what I mean? And that's what we, that's what we come to. You know, and I think that um, it's just a matter of knowing who you are. A lot of times, as players, you know. That's like the hardest thing is like the ultimate ego thing. And when we don't know who we are as players, you know, and so if, if you do that, then, 
you can't play in positionless basketball. But if you but if you take your ego out the way, then you can play in positionless basketball because it's actually wide open for everybody. All right, I want to ask you one thing about your career. The night before, was there a guy that you looked forward to playing? Like you knew tonight, I'm gonna, I gotta have it. I know that guy's good. Was there a player or two that the night before you got more amped up to actually play the next night? Hmm. You know, it's funny. Like I, I, I did, but I didn't because some guys you've seen two times a year. Sometimes you've seen four. But I just think, like, being that I was in the Western Conference for most of my career and having to play against this guy, you know, and played against him two straight years in, in the in the, in the the playoffs and then, you know, several several times over during the regular season and preseason, it was like John Stockton. You just kind of had to bring your lunch pail. You had to bring your hard head, man. Dude it was tricky. He was really good. Different good. Tough. Then turned the ball over, pesky, uh, irritated you, made big shots, um, you know, precision, you know, high IQ. Uh, he was really good. And when you, you know, when you're trying to, when you're young and he was older, and, you know, he had been through so much. And, you know, obviously he was the player who he was, man. That was like one of the dudes, you know, it, it, it was a challenge. You know, you had to get your rest, you know, get him you know, each and every each and every night. He was like the energizer bunny. He never ran out of gas, did he? Nah, you know, and he, you know, John was really efficient, you know, in his game too. You know, he played about thirty two minutes. That most people don't know. He wasn't playing forty minutes right. and things like that. You know, he had a backup his backup play eighteen minutes a game and he had a set times when he came in and went out. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Scripted almost, but, yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. ask you one more. Yeah. Was there ever anybody who was so good at trash talking that you would laugh? Like, you just, oh, that's a good one. Like, we've heard all the stories about who the big trash talkers were. But when you're on the court and somebody says something, even if it's, even if it's a shot at one of your teammates, are there ever moments where you go, damn, that one's pretty good. He's pretty right about that one. Hey, you know what? I, I feel like when I played, the trash talking was... It was it was educated trash talking. I don't know I don't know about today, <laughs> but I mean there was a lot of good talkers, man. You know Chuck Person was a hell of a talker. Chuck Person could talk. Um, you know, uh, trying to think Gary Payton, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, trying to think of like Chuck. He was a talker. MJ was a talker. I mean, you know, there's so many dudes that just talked and just you know what I mean like you know. And and what that might have been, it just depends on if they've got an open shot. You know, young fella don't know my resume. You better tell him my resume or whatever it is. Ah, you know, you better quit talking. Don't don't poke the bear. You know, whatever that looks like. And then some things you just can't say. Yeah, <laughs> so, they'll, they'll you know, a, it's just yeah, it'll take away our license. Look, it's, right, it's just a whole lot of you know, it's a whole lot of a whole lot of different things. You know, but it was uh, you know, man, it was a lot. It was a lot of Reggie Miller. A lot of talkers now. It was it was a lot of talk. Well, David, talk. congratulations on the win, and we appreciate you coming on, and Thank hopefully you, you build on yeah. that uh, on Saturday when you travel to NC State. And the door's open. Come on in studio. We'd love to talk a little bit more with you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Congrats again. Damon Stoudemire, head coach at Georgia Tech, coming off that win against North Carolina last night at NC State here on the fan, 530 tip-off on Saturday afternoon, uh, his IQ is through the roof, and he's a guy that's going to lay it out there because you're right. He observed in the beginning, and then he started seeing bad habits, and he told everybody about the bad habits over the past, what, eight of nine games that they had lost, three straight, getting blown out at Virginia Tech on Saturday, and then you turn around and you do this, and North Carolina did try to wake up. They went on a run in the second half, and Tech answered that run. I, I'm not speaking for him. I'm speaking for me. I have no idea how they're going to play against NC State. He might have a better idea over the next couple of days of practice. You know, the good. I'm going to say this respectfully. Georgia Tech is not the type of campus where people are walking around patting you on the back, telling you how great you are. It, it, it's just not really that type of environment. There are places where you beat a school like that, and people are telling you how great you are as you walk into every class. People get up. We've heard those stories. Hurrah! Huzzah! It's not happening at Georgia Tech. No. So no, that's it's not. They barely stormed the court last yeah. night.
Yeah, I don't want to bring that up. They didn't storm the court. I don't want to bring that up. Well, they walked onto the court. The point is, the good news is they're not going to be hearing how great they are. There's a good side to that whole deal. We'll talk about the good side of this Georgia player on the practice field in Mobile. So good that, in fact, there's now talk of him going in the first round. We'll do that when we come back. It's Domino and Cellini. It's the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. We'll talk about the good side of this Georgia player on the practice field in Mobile. So good that, in fact, there's now talk of him going in the first round. That is correct. That is me moments ago. And now I shall pay off on that tease. 1146 Domino, Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Is that the new thing in radio? Listen, man, I'm going with the flow. Whatever they need me to do, that's what I am going to do. So I'll do the tease, but then we come back with the tease. Of the tease. Right. And then we pay off. You don't like it? On the tease. I don't mind it. I like Hey, I'm like Damon Stoudemire. Let me sit back and observe a little. Let me see how this is going before I actually pass a judgment. Do not rush to decide whether it's good or bad. Hey, the fan in the locker room giving you a chance. Five lucky listeners to be exact all week long to go to a Sandals Caribbean destination of their choosing, including Sandals Duns River in Jamaica. You've got to go to the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and X to find out what the key word is. And when we ask you in the morning for the key word of the day that, again, is posted on Facebook, Instagram, and X, listen to the locker room for your chance. Call, and if you're 21 or older and a legal resident of Georgia, you could be going to one of those resorts. Key word. Testicles. I don't think that's ever going to be the key word. Raheem. Maybe that's going to be the key word. I cannot say uh, if it's going to be or not. Perhaps that as well. Maybe it's McConkie, as in Lad McConkie. He is the talk. Of what's going on right now, Chris, in Mobile. I watched. The talk of the scouting I combine. I watched the whole thing. I showed. Do you understand? I want you to think about this. Adam Gillespie. What's his nickname? The Road Dog. What's he wear every day? Something representing Georgia. Every single day. That was him when they won their first national title. Engineering in the booth. Do you understand Screaming how. Screaming like he was on fire. Do you, do you understand how loud you have to be to be picked up that? <laughs> like you're in the back of that room. And again, that's a good call. He screamed like he was on fire. It's a fine line between screaming like you're on fire and celebration. Lad McConkey, there's a, Adam, what did I say? It was a six-catch sequence. He had six one-on-one moments. Six. As I started to show, what's his name again? Uh, Road Dog. Okay. He was like, yeah, I don't care. Sorry about that. I was not paying attention. He said, uh, I don't care. That's interesting. That's the biggest Georgia fan. I'm saying, hey, look at this guy. I think once they leave Georgia, he doesn't care anymore. No, I don't think that's it's what true. can you no, do I, for me now. I do pull for them in the NFL, sure. but it's practice and it's guys running it, uh, against air. Yes, I, I don't take much from that. Thank I understand you. what you're saying. And this is where a lot of these guys make their bones. Matt Miller from ESPN said, "A top 50 prospect on my board. There's still room for McConkie to creep into the back end of round one." I haven't heard anybody say that prior to yesterday. But again, it's six one-on-one routes. Now, maybe he was good. Uh, maybe somebody talked to him. Ah, oh, he seems like a nice fella. Move him up on the board. Seems like he's got a football IQ. Move him up on the board. But it was six catches. I Tater. Watched, I watched all six. Brian Finneran, again, like, Brian Finneran's got a problem with this whole conversation. You want to show me what Lad can do? Show me the game film where he's moving the chains, where he's getting touchdowns, miraculous catches, cutting on the field, making players' ankles break. That's the film I watch and get excited well, about. The problem is there's about a four-game stretch in there where he's not on film because he was hurt and it was a back, and that's not good. That's one season. No, no, no. Hold on. He didn't get into the end zone a ton. Uh, I, I, get, I watched those catches, and I watched him play, and I go, you know what? He'd be pretty interesting. 
third receiver, slot guy, put him in motion, let's see if he could actually shake a guy. I think he can do that. I think he could do it at the NFL level. Heard a couple of comparisons. Uh, one of them was Cooper Cup. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday. Again, Cooper we, Cup. We just got to go to the guy who's got 120 catches, right? We can't We can't stop at a guy who had 56 catches. I can see him being successful. Well, you know what You're they gonna say. You're going to do it. Go all in, man. White don't fright. Yeah, who would you rather be, Cooper or Finn? I'd rather be Cooper. Okay. Th- there was no reason for that. All right. Enough about me. Brian Finneran believes third-round pick. A chance to maybe move. It doesn't matter. I don't know what they want to see in him. I saw six catches. I saw him lay out, stretch out for one. I saw him basically break a guy's ankles on another. They're one-on-one drills. What's every bit as important is the quarterback and the timing to make sure that you finish a play where it looks like you ran a, a good route. Yeah, I think after the first couple of routes, there was talk of him being compared to Hunter Renfro, who was with the Raiders by way of Clemson. And then, like I said... So what are we doing? The next four routes, it went up to Cooper. Okay, so what are we doing? It's white guy comparison. I guess. Yeah, no, that's what it is. You know what it is. It's white guy comparison. I kind of like the idea that this guy's white. uh, We're going to hear from Julian Edelman coming up in the drive. I mean, could he be Julian Edelman? Like, uh, poor man's version. Maybe. Julian Edelman light. Yeah. Where a quarterback trusts him. Wes Welker. Yeah. I mean, while we're on the talking about white receivers. No doubt. Slot receivers, yeah. Who's your favorite slot receiver? <laughs> well, oh, game has been played a time or two. Four zero four two three three. Rory McIlroy isn't giving out phone numbers, but he is giving out compliments now to people participating in Live Golf. He said, "Listen, at the uh, Pebble Beach Pro Am practice round yesterday, guys made choices to go out and play Live. You know, guys made choices to play on the PGA Tour. And if some people still have eligibility on this tour and want to come back and play and live." Or you want to try and do something, let him come back. Now, that's not what he said. Oh, who is this guy? Last June, he said uh, he hated Live Golf. That's a quote. A month later in July, he doubled down, saying, and I quote, if Live Golf were the last place to play golf on earth, I would retire. Yeah, I hate Live. I think someone told him, look, if uh, we settle this deal, there's going to be a lot of money to be made, and be more money to be made for you. Just go out there and say some nice things. And he said, all right. Yeah, because every man has his price. They're Lord about the great I'm, Ted DiBiase. I'm going to do this in drive. I was, I was, I'll save it for drive. I'm not telling you they listen to this stupid show. I'm not telling you'd say, throw it out in the air, put it into existence, and maybe it happens. But something is happening that was supposed to happen earlier, which could have helped. Not avoided all this, but could have helped all of this. And with that, we buckle up. Turn off the GPS and let Domino take the wheel. It's a drive around the sports world presented by Marietta Toyota. At Marietta Toyota, every new Toyota includes our nationwide lifetime powertrain warranty. Family owned and operated since 1975. Stop in for a test drive or visit MarietaToyota.com. It's better in Marietta. I will tell you on paper why it's been a good year. Good year in the Baltimore area coming up in one second. You're not very good at this. Damon Stoudemire, I love the fact that he's a fan of the pop quiz. I like pop quizzes. Yeah. Well, here's one. Uh, he's not, is he still on with us? He can play. Oh, he's not on with us? No, okay. that's what he said earlier. Okay. okay. What do you think the 49ers of value? What do you think the franchise value of the San Francisco uh, 49ers? $1.2 billion. No, no, no. Well, you're not right. You're not even close. You're only $5 billion off, actually. It's $6.15 billion. We went in saying... Very bad at this yeah. game. What do you think the Chiefs are? The Kansas City Chiefs. So what were the Niners worth? Six point one five billion. Uh, Seven point eight billion. Oh, well, no, that would no. be wrong because they're four point five two billion, which makes them nineteenth in the NFL. Thought they were the world champs. They'd be worth more. I don't do you know. know what the Baltimore Orioles are said to be worth? Um, well, I know Peter Angelos is selling them. Right? Did you see the number? The so valuation is at what is it? One point two billion. One point seven five oh, no, no. billion. That was close that time. Anyway. With Daniel Snyder selling hip hip hooray. Dancing in the streets. It's like V-Day if you're a Redskins fan. Same thing for the Orioles fans. The idea that Peter Angelos is really going to be getting out is such a good day. What a good year for people. And a lot of people do root for both the Redskins and the Orioles. I did talk radio in Baltimore. Yeah. I don't think anybody asked you, Bob. Yeah, I don't thank think you so. for volunteering that yeah, information. Yeah, $1.75 It's going to be two guys in uh, investment hedge funding type money. So those are the types of guys that have $1.75 billion program. Did you see what Tony Romo is going to receive during the Super Bowl week? He's getting the uh, Pat Summerall. Right. He said the nice thing. He was the voice of my youth and helped me fall in love with the game of football. That's a great quote. It's sort of an interesting thing because Tony Romo is like, not liked by a lot. of not, not by a lot. There are some people who don't think he calls a good game, yet they're giving him an award 
and it's Pat Summerall, and it's, I don't know, what am I supposed to make out of this? What's he supposed to do? Say, please don't do this. I don't, it's not a good time for me to get this award. You don't do that. It's a fairly new award as yeah, well. You just, yeah, you just I show think up he's only the third recipient of that award. Well, that seems mistaken. a little bit strange. It's a major award. There aren't people lined up in front of him like airplanes that are supposed to get this before him? I, I don't know. I, I don't you know, know what? Works. You know what? And speaking of the NFL, and this is going on, by the way, in basketball. I don't think it's really happening in baseball because it doesn't really happen this way in the minor leagues or college baseball. Do you know that some NFL agents are now working and brokering portal deals? I want you to think about that. Might as well. A million dollars. I got a kid moving from here to here. So if I get him a million dollars, what do you think you might have an edge up on? What do you think that might establish? Uh, once he turns pro. Right. I got your money here. Right. Imagine the money I can get you in the NFL. Hey, wasn't this nice? Yeah. Look, it worked out pretty good. There's agents doing deals that they're allowed to do and then reaping maybe the reward when it comes time for the guy to actually declare himself as pro. What do you think the odds? If I asked you right now, close your eyes for a second. Take this seriously. Close your eyes. Remember what I told you a couple weeks ago? Three years ago, you said no to who? The Atlanta Falcons. Raheem Morris. Who else did you say no to? Justin Fields. If you're closing your eyes, can you picture Justin Fields and Raheem Morris three years later coming together? Yes, I can. You do? Yes, I can. Jerry Gray's coming back as well. Do you, staying on the staff. Do you think that's the most responsible thing for the Falcons to do? Figure out a trade that's palatable for you and go get Justin Fields. I'm going to ask you They're going to have question. to pay him eventually, yeah, too. You're yeah, going to have well, to pay everybody eventually, so what's the difference? Well, but I love the idea of a rookie deal. I know. If you drop Justin Fields into this draft right now, everything you know about him, don't give me the guy coming out of college, what you know, where would he be picked? I love this question because nobody, where would he be picked if he was dropped in the draft now? Would he still Answer go, the question. He can still go in the first round, right? If Bo yeah. Nix is going in the first round, like in the middle of the first round. But so do you not take a year of being on an NFL sideline, NFL rooms? He was screwed by this. The Bears aren't very yeah. good at this. Where would you put him? Is he behind Caleb Williams? Is he behind Jaden Daniels? Is he behind fill in the blank? Bo Nix, Michael Penix? I, I don't know if he's behind, As, aside from Caleb Williams and Drake May, I don't know if he's behind anybody else. It's time to break. So, All it's right. an interesting question, though. What I do know is when we come back, he's I, I, being counted on to fill some pretty I, big shoes. I, New Braves so left fielder Jared Kelnick, you'll get so to it. More. You'll work it in. He spoke to the aforementioned Chris Domino, who's but, working through his but, notes as we speak. But, Let's go to break. It happened at Braves Fest this weekend. You'll hear that conversation next. It's Domino and Shalini, the fan, 680 about, and 93.7. Great, damn it. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com john. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. 